Hi, my name is Rainy May, and welcome to Decoding the Man, the podcast. This podcast is about having tough conversations in a safe space for men, whether it's talking about vulnerability, masculinity, or body image. But what we're talking about is having safe, open, honest conversations with a wonderful group of men. I hope you have a lovely day and tune in. Buckle up, get a coffee, sit in your seat, on the go train, wherever you are, but tune in for episodes of Decoding the Man. The views expressed by the individuals in this episode are solely the opinions and experiences of the guests on Decoding the Man. We're going to start with some introductions from today's guests, starting with Sean. I am 39, married for 10 years, no kids, two dogs. What else would you like to know? I don't know. You tell me. What do you do for a living? I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I have a desk job. Okay. I have a desk job. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I like nature. There's, there's a lot I could say. <laughs> you want to talk about me? <laughs> this could keep that's going. A podcast in itself. Yeah. yeah. Right there. We'll just, one. we'll just stop Hold now. On. Yeah. Sean. Yeah. We could do one-on-ones. That would be actually really fun. That'd be cool. Okay. You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like therapy. It's free counseling. It's free, yeah. Okay, uh, so Davey, tell me about yourself. I am 34, probably the youngest in the room. I'm not from here, okay. so that's that's probably different for everyone else. No, Mac? Huh? <laughs> I didn't even know that. This could be good. Um, Where are you from? I'm from Windsor. Windsor? Okay. Oh, oh, that's not as far as I know. <laughs> um, I have two kids, one that's almost four. And an eight-month-old boy and girl work in advertising. Okay. How long have you been married? Five years. Anything else? Uh, Unless you have any other questions. No. Okay. Do you like nature? (laughs) Nature's cool. Nature's cool. (laughs) All right. Nature's cool. Cool nature. Okay. All right, Charlie, tell me about yourself. Four years old. Been married for four years. Uh, No kids. Like dogs and cats. Okay. Do you have any? I do not have any. Okay. I well, I used to have a cat who okay. passed away okay. uh, a couple years ago. I enjoy nature as well. Are we trying to hook up here? Or? <laughs> What's going on? I like long walks on the beach. Yeah. I feel like I'm on The Bachelor, yeah. but like not. <laughs> okay. I like two for one margarita nights. <laughs> you mean your old life? <laughs> Anything else? Uh, I think that's it for, for now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know what else to say. I know it'll be less awkward. Well, like it's more of like, this is a, just keeping like, it in mind. It's like a conversation, right? No, so I'm not yeah, like yeah. I'm asking you now just because I like to get context. So I don't want to be like, hey, so how's Tinder going? And you're like, fuck, I'm not on Tinder. I'm not on Tinder. Right? Like, like, ten years, <laughs> right? But like or whatever. Like you know what I mean? But like I just don't want to ask you questions that are outside of that don't make sense. Right? Like, it just, um, yeah. So I'm 38 years old, mm-hmm. uh, married 11 years, mm-hmm. uh, been with her for almost 19, a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Not that for, long. For work, um, protective wow. services. Ooh. Okay. Law enforcement? Yes. I have one son. He's six. He's like <clears throat> the Energizer Bunny that keeps going and going. Oh, something to add to Sean. <laughs> You're really into it. I like it. That's good. It's it's character good. building has a part-time job. Okay. In security, just can't live yeah. up one job anymore. Uh, that's true. That's true. 
Any questions for me? Yes. What um, is your name and a little bit about yourself? Sure. Ask, you can ask me questions. How old like are you? 33. All right. How are you married? I uh, was married. Was married? Yep. Separated or divorced? So I was in a relationship for, we were together 10 years, married for five. I'm separated, but he's already got a new girlfriend and stuff. Like, mostly separated so I can still use his benefits. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well played. Yes. Uh, we well got a new played. girlfriend. We actually all hung out yesterday on the beach. No. Um, so you enjoy nature too? Yes. Yes. It's <laughs> a theme. All right. Welcome to Nature Talk. Yeah. Welcome to Nature Talk with men and one, one woman. <laughs> People can take that another uh, way. Yeah. Yeah. Any kids? I just feel like it turned into sideways porn, but that's uh, fine. Any all kids? Right. Any kids? Yeah, I have a seven-year-old. Seven. He'll be eight in December. Any other questions? Cats or dogs? Dogs. Actually, yes. I just put my dog down yesterday. Oh. oh. I know. I'm like, I'm joking now, no. but I totally cried yesterday a lot. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. That's the dog question. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, yeah, I know how that feels. Yeah. How does that beach day go? <laughs> <laughs> it was her last walk on the beach, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Great start. <laughs> yeah, great start, guys. We're not even 10 minutes into this. There's thing. a different to our feelings. Right yeah, now. wow. Yeah. Uh, anyways, any other questions? No, um, <laughs> I'm afraid. What do you do for a living? What I do for a living? So I'm a counselor. Okay. So I've been a counselor for the last eight years. So six years with police services, and then the last three and a bit on my own, like a private practice. Uh, what else do I do? I do consulting work. I don't know. There's always like a side hustle. Like, that's just like I'm self employed and. Yeah. My primary thing is counseling, but it's like I do a lot of speaking and teaching, uh, like for corporately, corporate facilitation and stuff like that. Any other questions? I, you had yeah, a question? I got, I got lots. Okay. But all right. <laughs> no, so, I have a question. Yeah, well, I have lots. So what, well, this is comfort, right? Yeah. This is so, it's so that we're all so more comfortable. What made you decide that you wanted to get involved with this? You know what? I always wanted to do a podcast, and um, then I was like, you know what? Life, I think life brings opportunities. So I thought this would be great, uh, and I feel like I have also lots of questions to ask. Yeah, right person um, for the job. And I've been on radio before, and I like it. Ooh, um, tell us about that. So I was on CBC Radio, so they interviewed me about my own story, mm-hmm. um, and then I did some guided meditations for them. Before that, I before CBC, someone like it was like a local person asked me to be on their radio show, and I realized like I kind of like it. And then I do voice recordings for meditations, so my voice does the recording voice thing. Mm. Um, but really, why do I want to do this? Because I think this is important. Uh, working at police stations for six years, uh, being married to a detective. Uh, like men go through things and often there's no space to actually talk about it. I think it's important that you talk about it because what happens is uh, men put up walls. You don't really get to experience the fullness of your life if you're always living with a wall or not having space to have a conversation. And so my counseling part of me gives me the perspective of like, you know, people, couples come to me with all sorts of stuff. And for me, it's never about judgment. It's about what made you do the thing you do. What were you looking for? Right? So it's not about a judgment for me. I've heard, you can't surprise me with shit. So like, I've heard it all. And I feel like, let's take these conversations away from like shame and judgment and blame and like have real conversations about what actually happens for, for men. Because I don't think every time, you know, a guy says they did something, it's like, oh, what an asshole. It's like, well, no, like, why? What motivated someone to do what they did? What were they looking for? Men need comfort, support, and all those things too. But uh, we're not really taught that it's okay to say that. 
So that's that's what my that's what my interest is in. <laughs> I like it. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's, that kind of beat all our explanations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's good. Yeah. Any well, questions? I guess we could ask that about everyone. Is why why are we here? Because we only yeah. ask you that question. Yeah, that's an that's, important question. Like, why are yeah. you here? Because you could have said no. <laughs> yeah, you could have, but you didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, why are you here? We could start with Sean. Yeah, Let's start with Sean. I want to start with. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, between Roman. Roman, you got to roll the R. Roman, Roman. Yeah, it's a Roman. Uh, well, with uh, this concept. Um, and being married for the last 11 years, uh, it's, it's got challenges. And being, uh, you know, a husband, a father, a brother, a son, you, know, you get older and you kind of like experience things. But we have like a tendency not to kind of open up to the people kind of close to us. And so we kind of, you know, wife will be like, hey, how's it going? How's the guys? You haven't seen them in a while. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're great. But what, what happened? You guys were each other for like eight hours. What happened? <laughs> oh, we just hung out, had some drinks, whatever. You know, they, they're good. But we never really, you know, sometimes we don't really, we talk about things, but we don't really talk about things. Mm-hmm. You know, like women go to brunch and they do <laughs> things and they connect and, you know, they feel like, but we're like, hey, let's, let's watch some, you know, football or baseball or do things that escape and never kind of deal with rooted problems or rooted issues. So the concept, uh, you know, came about to uh, create that. And I feel like, you know, when we go to a bar, we talk to each other. You know, how many people at that bar are having a similar situation or you know, issues going on and plaguing them, right? Or how many people are actually out there experiencing that but have no one to talk to or no one to relate to? So this basically creates that openness and like allows us to open up regardless of if it's a, an issue we have with our significant other or an issue we're having with our work or professional development or personal development or, you know, the challenges we're going through day to day. But I feel like, you know, Communication is the cliche line of make or break a relationship. It's the make or break, right? Um, we're all seasoned now, I would say. You know, we're above, well, not all of us, above uh, 35, but <laughs> some youths in the audience. Um, but we've all had variants of having uh, our own experiences, especially with like rare marriages. And uh, sometimes we're the culprit, and sometimes the other person's the other culprit. So essentially, this is a, a good way, a good avenue to create that. So, why am I here? Well, I guess number one reason I'm here is because Roman pitched the idea and I liked it. It's the number one reason. Why did I like it? Well, because guys don't typically open up, I guess. We kind of keep to ourselves. And we shut it in and we bury it and that's mm-hmm. not good for us. As I, as I get older and as life keeps throwing you curveballs, you, you, you learn how unhealthy that is for yourself. Right. And for all the relationships, because it affects your relationships, your marriage and your friends and things like that. So right. I think it's uh, good to open up and discuss. Okay. Um, I, I think there's something a lot bigger that's happening right now. The world's changed quite a bit. And mm-hmm. the world that we're living in is not our father's world. When we initially discussed sort of where this was going to go, some of that really interested me. I, I, I've had a lot of conversations with friends about how to navigate sort of the world right now as it is where you know men are very progressive meanwhile we still have these kind of our fathers our grandfathers are still living in this world where it's very different mm-hmm. in how they think about relationships and how they think about work and how they think mm-hmm. about everything so you know i think it's a great opportunity to sit down and discuss what we're doing now mm-hmm. and what we're going to do in the future and i have a young child i have a boy i have a girl and i often think about you know 
how do I raise them in this world? And, and mm-hmm. things are so hostile right now, given kind of the climate where you have the boomers generation exiting, mm-hmm. you have things like what's happening with the U.S., and then you have this young population that's coming up with very, very, very different ideals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that was was really interesting to me and being able to discuss our place as men right. moving forward. Right. No, that's great. You, know, you said something that you said that um, the world that we're living in is in our father's world. And I think that's something really interesting because they were your role models at some point. Um, and now how do you live with that model that's still a part of you in some ways maybe in this current world mm-hmm. and noticing the things that no longer are relevant and the things that um, you may know start to notice as you get older that don't really fit uh, into creating the relationships that you want to create for me um when roman first uh, mentioned this idea it really kind of hit me on a more personal level my mental health was never really something i had even thought about you know mental health in general has been just a relatively mainstream concept just you know in the past two three four years it's relatively it's a relatively new topic to talk about so it's something that i've never thought about my for myself so when this idea of this podcast came about i thought it, it made me start to think about myself my own mental health how important that is not only just for myself but as a man in general, how, how really important it is because like Sean mentioned earlier, guys don't necessarily open up the way f- females do, women do. So that's a whole other level to, to my interest in this is that if I can talk about my own mental health within, within this group, then that from a personal standpoint, I'm going to get a lot of value out of that. And if somebody else listening can get a lot of value out of that too, out of whatever my experiences might be or anybody else at this table, then that is also very important too. So if I can have a hand in in helping somebody in any kind of way, that's really important. And I'd hope that uh, not only us here, but anybody else that might be listening could be can can get some kind of value out of this because mm-hmm. it's, it's very important stuff that nobody's ever really talked about. So the fact that we're getting together to do this is is really important from personal and just general standpoints part of what we do when we have these conversations like there's no bullshit that's my only rule (laughs) right like my only rule is like just be yourself and be real um because if we don't have real conversations then they don't really benefit us uh, and the people who might be listening who might get inspired to maybe make a change in their life or learn from your experiences so that's my only rule just no bullshit. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, I like it. We're generally okay. Yeah. Beyond yeah, I mean, that. <laughs> That's just counterproductive. Right, so. right. So yeah. my whole thing is, and whether I'm like doing this or anything else, it's just like, let's just have no bullshit, right? And so just be real, be yourself, um, and just be honest, right? And if you feel like there's something comes up for you, like that's a pushback, like say it. This question makes me, or this is like uncomfortable or... Now, why is and then I'll ask you probably like why is this uncomfortable, <laughs> right. right? So it's okay to say that. It's not going to be like you know sprinkle the fairy dust. No, <laughs> <laughs> like, no it's true because if it, if right? any one of us is feeling uncomfortable about something, then yeah. chances are somebody else is uncomfortable for Absolutely. the same reasons. So. Mm, guaranteed. Yeah. The bartender. I'm Horatio, the barkeep. I'll be pouring the fellas' drinks and our lovely moderator as well. I am 37, married for about eight years. I have a 
job that I do not want to disclose. <laughs> um, outside of bartending. And if need be, I will provide my two cents. But other than that, I'll be pouring drinks and making sure you guys are nice and loose. <laughs> Thanks, Horatio. Thanks, Horatio, the bartender. Chime in, Horatio. <laughs> Horatio, what do you think? <laughs> I like it too. You know what? That's good. I like it. I like it too. I like it. Cheers. Cheers to Horatio. Cheers, cheers. Oh, that's funny. So, saying all that, we all know why we're here. So, to start, I had a question. So, my question is how do you think men are misunderstood? I know. I is just there, is there more context? Oh, yeah, it? yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into this. Oh, well, I gotta take my shirt off for this. I'm sweating. It's okay. First question. It's okay. First question. He's taking his shirt off. Whoa. Yeah, he's 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 can't handle this. He can be naked by the end of the podcast. So every question we have to take something off. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a different podcast. That's a whole different kind of party. That's, that's season two. Um, <laughs> But but I, when I say that, like, how do you feel like you've been misunderstood in a way that maybe, let me even put this into more context. Mm. How do you feel like you are misunderstood maybe by your partner? That nice deep breath in. Some little bullshit, right? I could, yeah. I could weigh in here, but not about my partner. I think it's more about, uh, in general, how am I misunderstood? Because Absolutely. I'm a very optimistic person, especially on the outside. Right. Um, and I think people mistake that when they see you and they see my personality and I act like everything's going great, no matter how bad it is. Right, right. And, and so I think they automatically assume you have like, I don't know, the perfect life or things are awesome and nothing's going wrong, but you're just pretending, right? Because you don't want to weigh down other people with that. Whatever's dragging you down, you don't want to go to work and then drag down your coworkers. Right. So, and I know at work, we're all like everyone, we're all dealing with something, whatever it is, whether it's family issues school or work or something that, that is dragging us down and I don't want to go to work and drag them down so I kind of view I'm there to perk them up a bit and so then I think people I don't know I just feel like the perception on me is like oh my life's perfect it's not I almost give myself the role of my role is to just perk you up and make your day a little bit better give you a laugh um, because we all need it right we all right. just kind of boost each other up so I think a misperception on me is that because I act that way, that's that's how my life is perceived as it's just an, an amazing, you know, fun-filled amusement park. Do you, do you think because you do that, people sort of put you in as the comedian and they expect that you're always sort of like that or you're always on? That and also they don't they don't check in. They don't say, oh, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Right. right. No. No yeah. one bothers to ask, like, because "How are you?" Because they think you're. They think <laughs> right. you're always great. Because everything is always yes. okay. Yeah. 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 They always just assume you're fine. So I'll see people going to other people going, "Oh, how you doing? How's this?" And and meanwhile, it's like you're skipped over. I realize why they right. skip over, but I guess that's just a misunderstanding. Right. Do you want them to skip over? Yes and no. Sometimes yes. Sometimes it's like, hmm, how come no one's checked right. in on me and said, how you doing? How, how was your weekend? Or, you know, things like that. But right. can't, you can't change other people. You just do what you do. But then we talk about this whole idea of pretending, right? Yeah. And that's in, we all do it in different ways. Um, showing up like everything is fine. But what about what happens when it's not fine? And you show up happy. I think like? I think if it's bad enough, I can't I can't help it. 
Like if, if something, like I'm going to touch base on my dogs. Like one of my dogs is 11 and her life expectancy is 12 to 14 years. So I know it's coming at some point in the not too distant future. And I know when it happens, it's going to hit me and things aren't going to be fine. And, you know, I'll probably close off. Probably will want to be left alone. Right? Just kind of leave me alone. Let me deal with it. I, I think I'll just kind of shut in for a little bit and just want to deal with my emotions that I'm feeling. I've never had a dog until... Know my adult life, so I've never had to deal with that. I, we've had cats when I was younger, but I was never there for the um, when they get put down. Unfortunately, yeah, I, was, right. I was too young at the time. So I just, yeah, I just think when when the bad gets really bad, I might just kind of shut in a little bit. It's fair. That's honest, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think when we are those people who show up on like happy for other people, and something happens to us, the last thing we want to do is kind of like let people know what's going on because it's almost like I don't want to drag everybody down because people come to me with this expectation to lift them up. Then I want to hide when I'm going through something. And then when I hide, then I like isolate myself in a way. And so then the question's like, and I'm not, you don't have to answer it, but for any of us, the question becomes like, who shows up for you then? Mm-hmm. Or who do you let show up for you? And then that translates into our relationships in a way. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've I've kind of felt that feeling of being misunderstood in the sense that um, my whole family, we're, we look very stoic. I have to really go out of my way to smile. And it's almost daunting sometimes when you go to work or you are with people where you have to try to project this right. sense of happiness, even though you feel fine inside. Right. Um, because if you don't, they just assume that you're either pissed off or, you know, you just don't want to be bothered. And I feel like I've missed opportunities that way where I haven't been able to connect with people um, because of that, like, even when I met my wife, we, we worked together, right. she had to take my photo for work and right. I didn't smile. So she thought I was just this gloomy, you know, like angry guy <laughs> and I'm totally not that person. Um, but it, it, you know, it took a lot of convincing uh, to get her to see that side of me. And, and even, you know, every time I change job or if I meet new people, generally that's kind of the feeling they get from me. And I think my appearance doesn't always help. Right. Uh, in that sense. And, you know, my dad's very much like that. Like, if you don't really go out of your way to talk to him, you'll never know that he's as bubbly as he is or that he has lots to say or that he's a happy right. guy. Um, right. My brother as well, right? So it's sort of this family thing. And uh, unlike, you know, uh, Sean there, he can just walk in a room and light everybody up. I have to really work hard to get into conversation for them to see that side of me. Okay. Uh, which can be challenging sometimes. But you convinced your wife to see that side of you. Oh, it took a while. It took it took a while. Yeah, we, we like still months? joke about it. Oh no, yeah, we went on a lot of dates. Yeah, you know, I got, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of uh, she she was very wary at first, right, who I was uh, before she got to kind of see who I was. But yeah, it's it's tough. And again, in like a work setting, right? You know, you're expected to sort of come into these rooms, and you know, you have to put on a mask, show everyone right. like you're larger than life. Especially I work in advertising, so. Especially in that, you know, if I'm in, if I'm running a brainstorm meeting or if I'm uh, working with clients, like I really have right. to act and that takes a lot out of you, you know, so then when you do kind of get home, you are sort of in that mode on the train or even when right. you get home for dinner, it's, it's, you're, you're used up. Right. Uh, and then you got to walk in the door and do it again, you know, to kind of like keep your kids happy too, right. right? You said something really interesting. So a mask, tell me more about what the mask is like. Cause it sounds like it's work. Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, like I said, I have to go out of my way to sort of check on people, see how they're doing, show them that I'm happier in a good mood for them to sort of understand that. It's not just easily done, especially when you're leading a team, like you have to make sure that you're showing everyone else that things are good, everything's positive, uh, to, and to help reinforce what they're doing, right? Right. You know, and, and when it's not, like I definitely wear myself on my sleeve, like if things are going south, like you'll know. In general, 
people can generally just sit there without having to worry about whether or not they're being perceived as happy. Right. Um, I've actually been in a circumstance before where I've had a, a boss pull me aside and ask if I needed to go to counseling because they thought that I was depressed, uh, which wasn't the case at all. Right. It just how I came across. So it's right. like, how do you even know, do you have a problem or are you trying to fix something when you're not even sure that's existing, but somehow that's what you're putting out into the world. Right. Do you know like what you're putting out? Oh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's coming across that way. Right. Um, I mean, it could be a subconscious thing. I mean, right. generally like most people, once they've had a, a meeting with me, they don't see that at all. Right. And they have the opposite to say about it, but right. generally it's on first impression. Like what it sounds like for me is like, there's a softness there. And I, I hate to use that word because it's like, uh, you know, I'm soft. Nothing right? wrong with that. <laughs> but like the whole idea is like, you know, we have this idea of how men show up and how a man is supposed to show up. This idea that I have to show people that I have this side of me. And is that like a social construct of how a man is supposed to show up? Uh, so now I have to work to show the softness of me. And how do I play that part and that role that I'm open and, mm-hmm. and like I'm... I'm going to smile with you. I'm going to joke with you, but that takes work. It, it does. And I mean, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't. Like it's, it's something that will come naturally as right. you talk with people or as you right. get to know each other. There's an expectation, I think that, especially like with work these days where you, you have to come in and it's like you're, you're a team player, you're part of the group. And that's 100% the case. I, I am. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to go out of your way to, to show that off before they actually experience it. As right. opposed to like, how about we just talk and then you'll get to know who I am and see that I'm all those things. Right. Right. No, I appreciate that. It's like, it brings up, you both brought up a similar thing, like the mask or this idea of pretending I have to come up and I have to show myself in this way or like I'm this persona, but who is this person beyond this persona or beyond, beyond this wall or how I'm showing up in the world? The weird thing about it too, is that the projection usually is who you are, right. but it's like, you have to kind of like use a, an ultra version of yourself before you can actually let loose and be who you are. So, you know, it's like you go out of your way to like, this is who I am, this is who I am, this is where I align, this is what I'm about, and like get all that stuff out of the way rather than going through what I think is a more fun process of discovering that. When you think of being misunderstood, Charlie, what does that, what does that mean for you? I mean, a lot of, I think a lot of it has to do with just the broad general stereotypes i guess that that men are supposed to embody what men are supposed to be the the breadwinners and we're supposed to be the head of the families etc etc so there's already like that built-in the built-in way that society kind of looks at the quote-unquote man so we're it's almost like we're automatically meant to live up to those stereotypes whether we want to or not because that's just how things have been for centuries there's an expectation right right and i almost feel like it's us sitting here where we're all of the pretty much the same generation we're all pretty much the same age maybe it's i almost feel like it's only us now we're the only ones kind of starting to explore feelings and being able to talk about these feelings, yeah. whereas, uh, I mean, I've, I myself have two older brothers. They're, what, six and eight years older than me, which is not even that much older. I don't ever recall them or their friends or, or that quote-unquote generation doing what we're doing now. Sitting around on a table talking about feelings or, or, or just deep issues in general. It's almost like it's not that we're fighting against the just the way of things have, have been for how long. I think just overcoming that and just being able to not necessarily admit, but just 
the fact that we're open to the idea of talking about these kind of things with other guys, with other men. This is something that I've never really seen before in generations before me. So I think the fact that we're doing this now is huge. Uh, and if anybody younger or older can kind of open their eyes and see that this stuff is important, then I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that. But a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it goes back to just the way society has viewed things right. for who knows how long. Right. So I'm going to do something called bullshit button. <laughs> I'm going to hit it right now. Okay. Uh, tell me about how you feel and misunderstood. I love what you said, and I think it's so important because this important we're having this discussion. Uh, but how do you how do you feel that you've been misunderstood? Um, well, personally, I, I don't feel that I have been misunderstood. Right. Maybe maybe it's just the fact that maybe no one's ever asked. Yeah. So I, I personally don't think I've been misunderstood. Maybe I've never been given op- the opportunity to explain what I'm feeling or talk about what I'm feeling because nobody's ever been interested. Maybe and maybe that in itself is because because of those stereotypes that I just right. spoke about. I, yeah, I don't feel like I've been misunderstood, but right. if somebody were to ask me, I would have no problems telling them exactly how I feel right. in that given moment. To that point, there's something that I've noticed even where like we're not really kind of taught to check in on each other. You know what I mean? Right, like we, right, we don't right. really think about like, oh, I wonder how that guy's doing. Like, and, right. and something that I've always kind of tried to do is sort of if I see someone and they're a little off, you know, just, hey, how you doing, mm-hmm. man? Right. You know, if things good, right? But right. like generally, you would never think to ask. So he he does have a point. We tend to stay pretty tight lipped a lot about everything, and that's yeah. that's almost an expectation. I can honestly put this down. Like my grandfather died because he was tight lipped about his cancer. He told nobody, right. and then by the time the family knew, gone. Right. You know, wow. and it's like that's that's insane when you think about it right now. So you know, to that point, like you might see someone suffering. And right. just ignore it because that's their problem. Right. And I'm not going to take the time to ask. No, it's it's huge, right? Like the fact that no one's asked. Yeah. Right? Like no one's asked. Or maybe they didn't ask in a way that made you feel like they were genuinely asking. Right. Because I think that matters too. People can ask questions. But what is the intention of asking me the question? Right. Which will decide whether I'm going to open myself up. So I think that's important, like what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I laugh because of the... The genuine, it just makes me think of that when you go to work on Monday and they get that. How was your weekend? There's like two people of like 50 that actually care. And then there's right. the 48 others who asked and they don't really care. I, I have this yeah. sticker that I have on my book at work and it's, it's a gravestone on fire and etched in the gravestone. It says, I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, right. Like yeah, you could yeah, be carrying like the weight of the world, but you'll say I'm fine. Yeah, because sometimes we don't think the other person really wants to hear how we're doing. Yeah, or we don't really want to open up. And so we have this yeah, blanket. I, I think it's yeah, a combination of both. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, it's a combination of both. Right. It's, I would like to think that I know that the whoever happens to be asking me whether, right. whether or not they're genuinely asking. Those are the people that I can open up to. Right. But I can also tell the people that are just asking for the sake of conversation. Right, right. That's when I'll say I'm fine. If you don't care, then I don't care to tell you. Right. So I don't know if that's a problem in and of itself. But for the people that are genuine with me, I am right. more than happy to be genuine with them too. Right. So it, it's very similar to what Sean was saying earlier about his natural demeanor and personality. Right. Someone outgoing, happy-go-lucky, whatever you happen to be going through some people may not ask or a lot of people may not ask because of your person your natural personality 
So right. if there, if that question isn't being asked, right. you're not being, you're not able to let it out. I think it, it's not necessarily an issue of being misunderstood. Right. It's, uh, you know, who genuinely actually cares. Again, going back to, I don't know, maybe, maybe just the definition of a man based, uh, society's definition of a man. Has anybody ever cared about what a man actually thinks or feels? I do. I'd be careful with that. <laughs> well, I, no, I know. I mean, uh, but we're, but what you're really, what we're talking about, and it's good that you're saying that because we're talking about vulnerability. Has there been a space uh, in the avatar of what we think man is uh, for a man to be vulnerable? Are men taught to be vulnerable from when they're children to adulthood? Have you ever been taught to be vulnerable and that it's safe and it's okay to be vulnerable? Um, and is it defined as a weakness? I think that depends on your teacher. You know, I, I, I love my father for raising me the way that I did because I had those opportunities with him. I appreciate that a lot, but I, I know that's not always the case, um, yeah. especially where I grew up, right. um, which is, is not as multicultural, um, not a lot of opportunity economically. So you get a lot of very hard-nosed uh, men and you know my dad was an educator and I think he was pretty open about a lot of things and right. growing up I got to experience that uh, and I'm very lucky because I know that I'd be a very different person and I, I can see it you know now as an older man seeing where some of my friends have wound up I, I can honestly put a lot of that responsibility onto him because it could be a very different scenario. So your fathers or your teachers? I feel like that's a good question. We'll get back to that in a minute. <laughs> um, but I'm going to ask Roman the same question. Well, as as, as growing up, my uh, my family sat around the table. We talked a lot, and I think my parents uh, um, promoted talking. The meal took 15 minutes. We were there at the table for like an hour and 15 minutes, talking, laughing, telling jokes, dirty jokes, whatever communication was a big key like they came first generation Canadians from the islands and uh, you know they converted religions they went through the whole thing first colored in their schools and, and paving the path you know being misunderstood it's it's hard like for instance like I, I have a tattoo right and the tattoo I basically stem is like the roles I, I, I play right so you're a protector you're this is your home is your family you're a protector you have to have it it's like a sheet of armor this turtle here and that represents like the soft stuff the vulnerability of you say like you know, and I feel like if you give people too much ammunition, sometimes in the workplace or friends, like, you don't know what game they're running. And it's so hard to trust where people can utilize your weakness as ammunition against you. So sometimes you close off and you're like, hey, how was the weekend? Great. But it could have been horrible. It could have been horrible. But why would I allow myself to show that that chip in my armor, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so everything's great. No problem. Don't worry. My eyes are swollen. That's okay. <laughs> is, is it a sense of, like, competition? It's... And the thing is, I, I don't think necessarily a competition. It's just that who's sincere, who's not. And, you know, where I kind of see people on a daily basis, it's you're not sure what people's agendas are. You know, people are like genuine, sincere. Are they, are they playing two-face? You know, are they trying to use your weakness to get, to get ahead or promote themselves or whatever right. the case may be? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, having your own friends, even 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 family, so sometimes you're you have family, so you have obligations. I will go. I have to go Thanksgiving. I have to do this. I have to do that because you have an obligation because right. you share a, a bloodline. But then you'd rather be like, you know, a U.S. sitcom where all your friends get together for Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and stuff because you chose to be with those people. So you can feel vulnerable. You can open up like this in the forum, right. right? Even with my wife, she grew up in a very, you don't say anything, you don't air our dirty laundry, you don't do this and that. 
and that's kind of resonated to her as being an adult. And I'm always like a happy-go-lucky, uh, like an excited Jack Russell, where I'm like, hey, what's going on? Let's talk. Let's communicate. And she's like a little feline, like cat just swatted me in the face and like, get away from me. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Even to this day, after you know being together for 18, 19 years, like it's still we still butt heads on certain things. Like she needs to like walk away, like Sean, and kind of like get her feelings and assess and come back. Where I'm like, where are you going? Where are you going? Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's communicate. That's what I'm used to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, professional and, and personal. It's sometimes very difficult to play all these roles all at once. Be smiling like the Joker, right? <laughs> all the time. Right, but, right. But I guess it's like this pressure to be happy. Oh yeah. Right? For sure. Oh, yeah. It's easier to say you're happy than it is like, I'm yeah. miserable. Oh, man. I, I think sometimes, too, like, we often, and I could put this out there as a generalism, but, like, right. we're sort of held to be a bit of an anchor. Right. So mm-hmm. if we're the anchor and we're not happy, the whole right. ship's going down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. and, and you have to put that front on sometimes where it's like, no, everything's fine. So right. that everyone else can be fine. So, you know, right. I feel like sometimes, like, uh, I don't know, each person's individual case is different, but hold your head up to hold mm-hmm. other people up. Right. So my, I guess my question to that would be like, ships need maintenance though. They do. Mm-hmm. Right. They need maintenance. They need caring for, they need repairs. Um, and so how do you get repairs when you need to? Um, I guess I have a recent experience I can discuss yeah. that, about that because my job is relatively new. So I made some new friends mm-hmm. and we seem very close. We seem to connect right away. And then when I opened up, about, um, especially about like what I just mentioned about mm-hmm. um, these expectations about how, you know, I go to work and I put on this front of always being fun and happy. Right. And then when I opened up to these new friends of mine about, oh, you know, what I'm you know, kind of depressed because of these certain topics, right. they kind of disappeared and right. distanced, which right. then didn't help, right? Then I just right. felt like even worse. Yeah. What anchored me was I have... Um, some friends that I've known for a long time, like Roman. And it reminded me that, you know, I've got an anchor that I've known for 29 years that I can always rely on. As we go through our life, we, we meet some new people and maybe new anchors that might help support us and ground us. But right. it's important to remember the ones that have kept us grounded up to this point, right? right? And the ones that we can always fall back on and will always be there for us. So it was a it was a good reminder of sometimes you're looking for something new but you don't necessarily need that you you've got what you've been looking for all along you got a friend in me yeah <laughs> that's so sweet can't even like make that up myself <laughs> well you said no bs so. yeah no it's good though it's that's lovely right because that's the reality so what you're really saying is like you opened up and then you felt like you're vulnerable and open and then someone wasn't able to hold space for that yeah uh, and then it's like, do I close down? Do I feel shame? What happens? And then you go back to the space where, and a friend that can, that has been willing to hold that space for you, or maybe you re- recognize the value of it. Mm-hmm. I think the spirit of what Roman's trying to capture with all of this is, is a bit of that. Like, you know, there's a reason why, you know, men will do hunting trips or they'll go out uh, to the bar or they'll go, and, and you talk about self-care, you talk about maintenance, right. and that's where it comes from. You know, you, right. you need the ability to talk kind of one-on-one where you know that you can let it all out and right. um, it's, it's not going to really go anywhere. Right. Uh, and sometimes that's just the case. You just want to talk. You know what I mean? You just want right. to say what's on your mind uh, without it ironically what i think a lot of men do is like let me fix that problem for you <laughs> right yeah but yeah. you know sometimes it's uh and I, I i can't tell how many times i've ever heard this coming from uh even my wife or other women really i'm just trying to say just say it yeah right i think men do the same thing 
uh, but we don't tend to do it with our partners. Um, right. You know, I, we just let it all out kind of with our friends and things like that. And um, that's why you have sort of those brotherhoods or establishments that, that kind of define men. But it's also, there's a lot of negativity that comes out of that too, right? Because right. if you're at the wrong group, you right. know, a lot of times it's like, you, they, they don't want to hear it or, you know, like I think it was said uh, earlier, it's like, let's just go watch the game, you know, or let's just go do the thing that we set out to do. Right. So it's more like this is the task, right? but you show up really wanting to talk, uh, but it's masked by the task. And then sometimes if people are not really in that space to be vulnerable with you, then it just becomes a task. Totally. Yeah. Um, but you said something really interesting. You said that men will normally share with their friends, but not with their partner. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think we're incredibly open with our partners. I am. I, I say everything, but at the same time, like it's a different reaction that you're going to get, you know, um, okay. like you, if you're going to share that, you're going to, you know, the response you're going to get as opposed to if you share it with like a good friend or something like that. Okay. Um, so what's the different. response? I'm so curious now. Oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you that know, I, like, whoa, I can honestly say like, uh, like me and, and, and my wife are, we're good friends too. Right. So, you know, we were very much compatible and when we talk we we try to listen to each other as much as possible right so um you know but there is sometimes like if you're you're just overwhelmed and if the other person's overwhelmed as well sometimes that doesn't come across or it's hard to sort of care for each other when you both need care you know um and we you know whether it's it's her or in any situation you know if it, it only really works out if one ratio the bartender in the background for background noise. Yeah. Apologize uh, in advance. Then reach out the bartender, please. It, you know, if if you're both in need of care, then right. you're not going to be able to help each other as effectively as if you you know go to someone who sort of is an outsider to whatever situations might be going on. Or you know sometimes it's just deaf ear. If it's not a relationship thing, even if it's a work thing, you know I right. I can talk to someone like Roman who doesn't right. work in my industry, right? And right. I can just unload, and you know they don't really get it but they can listen and that's right. enough. Right. And I think there's enough commonalities uh, between everything we do that you can kind of go, okay, you know, I understand what you're going through or I have an example that's similar or here's how I handle that. You know, when you both need care, it's hard to care for each other. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's like really big, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. um, my question becomes for me, I, I wonder if that's true. Uh, and to what level and what degree is that true? You're just picking at me now. No, no, it's not. Like, no, you know what? It's not, not even picking. It's more like I'm just genuinely curious because couples, we meet and we fall in love and we say, you know, we do the vows thing. I'm going to take care of you, whether blah, 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 you know, X, Y, Z. Uh, and then stuff happens in the relationship and it does become hard to care for each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's real. Like, that's not, like, we don't no, have to pretend. It, and it, that's the thing, you know, like, you, yeah. you're you in it you're in it together. Right. Um, especially if you have children. Like, right. you know, it's, and it's, like, I'm all about that life. You know, I try to be there as much as possible. Right. But I'm also in another environment that doesn't give a shit whether or not I have kids. You right. know, so, so there's, there's two sort of fronts that you're fighting on. What you said is really important. It's hard to take care of each other when we're both needing care yeah absolutely Um, and so how do we meet each other and say hey i'm stressed out you're stressed out how do we navigate this Uh, and is that conversation even possible i think it is i think it is Mm -hmm. um you know i've had success in that um i've also had failure in that you know i think it's it's just you have to be honest with yourself right Uh, and to my point i think i made it a little bit earlier where you are 
trying to also be that positive person and be that anchor, if you will, um, right. that keeps everyone up. You, right. you know, when you're down, you got to talk about it. Right. And um, if your partner is respectful, they'll see that side of you and, and you can kind of come to an ease way, right? Like right. Uh, I've been in that situation before uh, and I've come through it and I've also, you know, not, right? But I, I think, I think, I think a lot of people don't put enough emphasis on self-care and I think it's right. very important. And, and, you know, especially when you're a parent, I find that a lot of people lose themselves and their children and they will no longer have their own identities. And then it becomes a, a whole other thing where you're not a person anymore. Like you right. cease to exist. Right. Um, so it's important to be who you are, recognize when you're not healthy right. uh, and try to work through that. Yeah, I agree with that. Like it's, it's like, I'm not saying just becoming a parent, but like as getting older and like acquire yeah. new roles, right. per se, new titles, right. uh, your manager, then your, uh, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever the title is, then you start <laughs> adding these roles and you start losing the first role is yourself. And right. that, that's essentially the, the first role is the foundational role. And as soon as like, you lose that foundational role, then there's nothing, everything else is going to collapse off of that. You know, something I do, like I recognize certain things uh, at work where I was getting so stressed out. I wasn't uh, sleeping well. <laughs> uh, I was like hooked to the Blackberry. I was like losing patience. I'm being in like a law enforcement, you're dealing with people. So very empath empathetic with people, uh, especially with like, bad situations so i kind of take that on and latch it on and then i reached the boiling point where i think i i think i had like a breakdown at work and uh i had a uh let's just say a, a conversation with one of uh, my upper brass and i didn't recognize myself in that i so i went back to my desk and this happened like an hour i started work I went to my desk sat down got my lunch bag told the supervisor i'm done i'm gone i'm going home and i left mm -hmm. and i took three weeks off and I said to my wife, I said, I don't recognize the person I've become. Uh, I said, I've become somebody that I vowed never to be. Right. And then so I took three weeks off. I wasn't going to the gym, so I went back to the gym. I was watching TV. I was hanging with my friends. So I got back to basics, things that brought me joy. I said to myself after three weeks, I'm like, I never want to be that person again. And so maybe it'd be viewed as he's lackadaisy, he doesn't right. care. I do care. But I know where that balance is. I know where my breaking point is, and I never want to go back to that. Because when you become overly consumed with that, then you start losing that foundation of myself. I'm like, you know what? If you view me as being laissez-faire, then I don't give a shit. You know, like, like I, I look at myself as at, at three o'clock, I walk out that door, shut the Blackberry off, and that, you know what? I'm in husband mode, I'm in dad mode, I'm in me mode. And I have to, like, you know, I gotta go to the gym at 4.30, come home, she can go to yoga, I'll put him down, read him a book. I'll watch some wrestling on TV, whatever the outlet is, <laughs> you know, but like whatever the outlet is that kind of brings me joy. If it's yeah. this mindless television or watching an old episode of uh, something on a streaming service, Just but like, you know, it's, uh, it, it was more of like a positive thing where I could go and into the dark side and start going towards the bottle and going towards miscellaneous so things. Right? You bring up like a really interesting point that kind of hits, hits me uh, as well, with, especially with our industry where I have to watch for ageism. Um, and like I'm in my 30s, but you know, with what we do, if you don't ascend to uh, management, you're gone, right? Like it's a young person's game. Um, you know, uh, I remember uh, working one time when I was younger with a creative who was in his 40s and had four kids, and it was like he couldn't manage the load 
and then also keep up with work. And it's like you have someone 25 that's gonna, you know, just, well, I can do that and I can do this and I know all these new programs and yep. I'm gone, right? Like, mm. um, so like I tried to make that path into management as soon as possible. So I'm one of the younger people that is in that level. But at the same time, to what you're saying, it's like if I check out at, you know, 4.30 to catch my hour and a half train to get home so that I can be there for dinner, yeah. you know, like I have to watch it because I have people at work going, well, you know, I can mm. stay till six. Mm. So right. it becomes like a constant right. battle and you have to make sure that, you know, people understand that you provide value, that you provide uh, a different opinion, that you're worth keeping around. Um, and you know, like, I feel like I'm really good at doing that. I've never had an issue, yeah. but it's not that I don't see what's happening and you don't see the, and you don't feel the stress of it. So mm. there's always hot coals under your feet in a sense. And all you're trying to do is do the thing that, you know, I think like previous generations wouldn't do mm. where they're like, honey, I'm going out to work till six. Then I'm going for old fashions with the boys and then I'm coming <laughs> home. And, you know, that's bullshit. You can't do that. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and then, you know, it's like the stress of the workplace sometimes hasn't changed to accommodate sort of this other way of thinking where it's like, no, I want to be home. I want to make dinner. I want to get my kids, pick my kid up. Like I got to, uh, I get to work from home every once in a while and I got to pick up my daughter from, from JK. Uh, and it was amazing. It's fall day. We got to go home, you know, there's little hopscotches in the sidewalks. Like I cherish that more than any kind of deadline I could ever imagine. Right. Um, yet you have to earn, you have to right. make a living, you have to do that whole other side of it. And, right. and like I said, you know, um, I'm fortunate now where I work in a place where they're pretty open and they're, right. they're very, um, forward thinking, but I've worked in places where they don't care. Right. Um, cause there's a bottom line. Right. So, you know, and you need to work. Right. I feel like we're talking about Mad Men. <laughs> no, but, I can, I can, I can, but that's not, you're not far off. But, I mean, like, but that's real. Like though, it right? has, like, maybe not it's not after the '80s. It kind of started changing, but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's a lot of that, and and right. you know, it is it's a thriving play, especially in a major city. Like, oh man, like you're you got a lot to think about. You got a lot of stuff going on. There's competitors and different people coming right. in. Like it's not a it's not a nine to five, right? By any means. So oftentimes, like. You know, I, I, I'm on the train three hours a day, and then if I'm on a deadline, I'll pick, I'll open my laptop back up again at like nine after the kids are in bed and work till right. 12, right. and then go to bed and get up at 5.30 and do it all over again, you know, and, right. and you're, I can see you're not in your head, like, yeah. you, you know, you probably have the same kind of thing going on, um, and those are long days, and right. often it's sort of just, it's, there's, an, there's a weird understanding that that's expected. Right. So there's a lack of balance, right? So the role of men might shift, but the workplace hasn't Absolutely. valued or acknowledged truly the shift, which is interesting to hear you say from, um, if I look through my lens of being a woman, I'm hearing the same, echo, like you're echoing the same thing that I feel like I, as a woman I experience who's a mom, right? So it's like, I'm trying to get to all of the things. Uh, I'm trying to hustle, yeah. but I still got to make sure that, you know, my son gets picked up by somebody or myself so, gets fed. When I was younger, I could jump through all those hoops. Yeah, I'll stay till seven. I'll stay till eight. Yeah. I'll like meet 500 people in a month and support them all and do all those things. But yeah. now I'm like, put so, my so, son to bed and I'm out. Right. Yeah. And so, but I still got to wake up at maybe one o'clock. And then you're right. So we're, we're echoing the same thing. Oh, for sure. So this, yeah. this, 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 
real life is shifting, but the structure is not shifting. I get what Davey's saying about like, you're essentially like left on a high, you know, you recognize the symptoms of like, I have other things in my life opposed to like a 25 year old who's like hungry and has nothing, no other obligations. Like where I'm working right now, I wanted to be in this position 11 years ago, finally got into that position. However, in 11 years, things have changed. The mm -hmm. game has changed for me. And then, you know, now it's like stuff I would have jumped on and opportunities I would have jumped on before, like bend over backwards and forwards, where now it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't do this. Right. I can't do that. I have other obligations. And I'm recognizing, it's like, maybe it's not for me anymore. You know, maybe I, I, I'm, I, I'm okay not being on the field. I'm okay being on the side of the field. I'm good seeing the vision, being the coach and changing that, that function because make room for someone who's hungry. Make room who, who's someone who's that, that type of person that's going to be like, no, I want the glory. I, I, can, I can strive. I'm still a 25-year-old at heart, but I'm, I'm not, you yeah. know? <laughs> There's this whole way of thinking that's come up recently, and it's about the emotional load. Um, and, yes. and see, I already mm. know all about this. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, so come on, let's go. It's, oh, been, it's been something that I, I've been reading a lot about, and it's about and it, and, and to that thing how the world has changed. I think yeah. right. we're experiencing that, whereas our workplaces may have not changed in the eyes of seeing genders as being truly equal. You know, I try to kind of put myself in that, uh, yeah, in my wife's shoes, where like, and I'm bad at it. I will say that I'm terrible at it because not only like she works in a similar industry. Granted, I, I have a lot more stressors uh, right. than she would, but she has to work. And then also like, oh, we got to make sure that, you know, pizza days on Thursday and like, you know, the clothes are in there and, you know, and, and like I do, you know, I do the laundry, I do everything, but it's, it's not an issue of that. It's just that it's to have the thought of it before it happens. Right. And, and I feel like I think for a lot of us, we don't consider that or we don't think about it. Um, and, and it's really hard to work that into a jam-packed brain facing a full schedule right when I walk in the door at work to kind of go, oh yeah, and X, there's all this other stuff too. You know, I, I think that's something that we're now just starting to deal with. Um, yeah. But to that point, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I feel like, you know, as far as work goes, they haven't, things haven't changed for men because there are still men who don't have to worry about that stuff or don't have to think about it. And they will cut you at the knees because they don't care. <laughs> You know what I mean? And that's the thing, right? And it's, it's, right. it's, I think, and I don't know if there's a difference and maybe I'm, I'm wrong in this, but I think for younger women, maybe they can empathize with older women a little bit or with mothers or with, um, you know, people who have more experience, but with young men, we're ruthless. You know, we, we tend to be that type where it's like, well, I'm just going to knock that guy off the block because I want that. And, and there's, and that behavior is encouraged. Right. It's not something that's like, oh, well, you don't see what else is going on here. It's right. like, no, just go take him out. Right. It's competitive. Absolutely. Right. And that becomes a pressure. Mm -hmm. And so now you shift into, and whether you have kids or not, you have partners, all of you have partners. When the dynamic of our relationship changes, how do we handle these pressures? Right. Like how do we go through this with all of these challenges? It's hard. Right. But being able to say it's hard is huge. Mm -hmm. Right. Because a lot of people will just be like, whatever, you know, it is what it is. Right. Let's just keep moving. Let's keep things going how they go. But well, and that's, and that's, a, that's a cultural thing. I think with right. us, where it's just buck up. Right. I don't know how many times I've ever heard that. Right. You know? What we're talking about here today is like, I don't have to buck up. Yeah. Uh, but then what is the cost of me not doing that? That's a big question. Um, that, and it is a question because what is the cost of me not bucking up and taking a pause to say I'm going through something and I need time to go through it? 
uh, versus then you've got this person who's like just waiting. <laughs> you feel like they're just like on your heels waiting for you to take those three weeks off. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and totally. they're just waiting for the breakdown. They're like, mm-hmm. boom, I got them. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're, you're <laughs> thinking about that at the same time as the people in your life need you. Where do I value my worth? And where do I put it? I mean, that's, that, that's, those are huge questions. And I, I don't even, I don't know if I even can answer that. Yeah, but it's like, not meant it's, to. No, no, it's, it's Maybe uh, not in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we got to save some material. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write that down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that's that point though, you know, um, it's, it's hard sometimes to switch over and yeah. be like, okay, now I'm emotionally here when in the gnawing at my brain is what happened earlier in the day. Right. Or, you know, whatever I'm dealing with in the workplace, right? Right. And, um, and I, I, I can, I'm going to reiterate, like, I'm in a good place now. Like, I don't have these, these stressors where I work now. Right. But even a year ago where I was somewhere else, it wasn't the case, right? Right. So I can totally identify with um, how that works. Um, but it's, it's, uh, that's private, too. You know, right. and, and when I, you know, it's, it's a different system. And, right. you know, when you, when we talked earlier, when you go to your, your dad for advice or something, they're just like, let's work, you know, like <laughs> you do what you have to do. Right. I think a part of this, um, when we start to talk about, I think that's a really important question, whether we get to it right now or not, uh, is what would our fathers tell us to do? Uh, and is it still valid? Um, and because of that dynamic, uh, we something came up today where we talked about failure. Uh, is it okay to make a mistake? Uh, and after I make that mistake or whatever failure, that change as you start to discover who you are uh, and maybe some of the values of your parents don't align and the stressors of this new world that we're in, um, I can recover from it and make a new choice. Like Roman was saying, <laughs> um, you know, you took three weeks off work and you're like, I don't want to be that person anymore. Uh, and it's, it's okay to say that I can make a new choice. And I think great. we're in a world that often we define people based on something that's happened. And so we feel afraid to make a new choice, uh, not taking that. So it comes back to that bucking up, right? Mm-hmm. Can I step back and say, I can make a new choice no matter what it is. Uh, and will there be people to hold space for me and support me when I make that new choice? I feel like, oh, I kind of do today. <laughs> so let's lift it up <laughs> with a round of some questions. They're a little bit more fun. Yeah. Okay. So where are you drinking today? <laughs> we are uh, Horatio the Barkeep. Uh, what are we drinking today? What are we drinking? <laughs> you got to come forward. We well, don't have a sponsor yet. So this is a rum and cola. We're drinking some uh, generic beer. Uh, <laughs> no, Holland. Holland, sorry. Well, that gave it away. The green bottle. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Yeah. Green bottle. Uh, we're having a cider. Another like Cuba Libre. Um, that is a uh, just rum. A generic rum from uh, somewhere in the uh, South Caribbean. Caribbean. Oh, we can say we can say we can say country. Oh, the yeah. South Caribbean. It's a country. Uh, Barbados. Barbados. What? What? Look at that, eh? <laughs> we also have snacks provided by our host Roman. Yes. Okay, so that wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. So <laughs> second round, <laughs> second round of fun questions. Uh, would be how old were you when you had your first kiss? 
I feel like that's more fun for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Eighteen. Eighteen? Yeah, you know what? It was eighteen for me too. Was first, like kiss? A, a, first kiss. First kiss. Late first bloomer. First kiss. Man. Late bloomer. Whoa. I had okay. been like yeah. twelve or something, man. Really? Yeah. I was a huge. You just nerd. let yourself I mean, go. I'm still a huge wow. nerd, but like yeah. I was even more of a nerd. Back I was in day camp back then. Yeah. Summer then? day camp. I'm trying to Serious? Yeah, like it was. Yeah, young. I, I don't even know, like seven, maybe. Seven. <laughs> we we, we thought we were cool. We'd hang out under the underpass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember this. I remember back in the day, like, I guess French kissing was the big thing, right? So I think it was, like, grade seven or something. I had a girlfriend with, you know, girlfriend at grade seven with anything. So we decided, I think this is the moment to kiss, right? So we kind of leaned in, closed our eyes, but I opened my mouth, and her mouth was closed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so like, ah, uh, this is not supposed to be the way it's supposed to be. We pulled back and went, ah, uh, I don't know how to do this. Like, not everybody, this is how you do it, right? And, uh, but uh, yeah, I, that's so you're just yeah. walking around sucker fishing. Yeah, that's, that's essentially. It. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's kinda, it wasn't a successful kiss, but it was the first attempt to kiss. All right, last question. If you could tell your younger self one thing, one message, what would it be? That's not really all that fun, um, is it? <laughs> that's, that's deep. That's a lot of messages. That's deep. That's save your money. Okay, good. Roman says, save your money. Sean your says... Money. There's so much to say. How Just do I one. Pick one. We'll have lots more episodes for this. Uh, <laughs> things get better. Okay. Davey says... Be comfortable being alone. Okay. Charlie says... Follow your heart and follow your passions. And Horatio says, Just remember to be happy and drink. <laughs> for real, what I would tell myself is just take each one from you, all you guys. Be comfortable with yourself. Be happy. Be independent. Don't realize that you need someone else, but also realize you do need someone else to talk to. So remember to open up too. That's part of it. And save your money. <laughs> I don't want to tell my younger self that. <laughs> That's a no brainer. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us all today, Roman, Sean, Davey, Charlie, and our lovely Horatio bartender. We're going to have more episodes and more conversations, but today is our first and first of many, and we're so happy to be talking about decoding the man. So, thank you so much. Thank you.